Welcome to episode 15 of the Board Game Workshop. I'm your host, Chris Anderson. This week, we have an interview with C.M. Perry talking about his game, Space Academy. For contests, uh, the Game Crafter has the Game Hold Dungeon Crawler Challenge due August 15th, the Manhattan Project Dice Challenge due September 12th, and the Hidden Movement Challenge due October 23rd. Also, I'm hoping to do a listener question episode soon, so if you have any questions you'd like answered on the show, please email them to theboardgameworkshop at gmail.com. You can find links to everything mentioned in this episode on theboardgameworkshop.com. That does it for the news. Now, on to the interview. I'm here with C.M. Perry, the Bright Hope Futurist, designer of Space Academy. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi. Good to be here. What got you interested in board games, playing them? What made you start designing? Okay, well, um, back uh, early, early 80s, you know, I was a little kid, and my dad had sort of uh, an eclectic collection of older board games that, uh, well, I mean, at the time, I guess they were newer board games. And so, I mean, I did play the standard fare, but we also had access to some of those sort of otter games, ones from Avalon Hill, like, uh, you know, chit war games and, and whatnot. So things like uh, B-17, Queen of the Skies, or Tidal Bout, which probably nobody that uh, is listening these days will even know about Tidal Bout, or maybe even B-17, I don't know. But... Uh, they're very statistical-driven sort of games that have either a bunch of cards or a bunch of tables that you roll dice against and whatnot. And that really got me interested in board games just in general beyond playing the the standard fair games, which I never really w- was that interested in. What made you start designing, and when did you start designing? Well, I pretty much started designing after I played uh, B-17, Queen of the Skies. That's pretty much where I got my start because there were issues with that game being either too difficult or too random at times because of the, I mean, it's dice-driven tables. So as you can imagine, you roll dice against the table and all of a sudden you're losing crew members all the time. And there there wasn't very much deterministic choice to it. And that's, I mean, I didn't think about it the way I think about it now. But what really got me into board gaming is the idea that you can, as a designer, try to include meaningful player choice in what's going on in the game rather than have the game just sort of have you do things and then tell you what happens. Uh, the, uh, the idea that you are in control versus the game just takes you along on sort of an activity ride. And so I started modding that game when I was probably 10 or 11 and trying to make it to where I could, you know, decide where I was going on missions and sort of what kind of enemies I might face based on more my choice. So that was a while ago. So what else have you done design-wise since then? So yeah, that was a, that was a while ago. I designed, uh, well, I've designed probably 10 or 15 games that will never see the light of day because they're all terrible. Uh, as far as like finished games, you know, I prototyped them all the way through and, you know, there was boards all over my house for a while and little pieces and dice and cards everywhere. And I designed a card game uh, but again, I don't think any of those will see the light of day. And then I designed Dominance in 2005, or thereabouts. That's about when that design got finished. And Dominance is a, an abstract strategy game for two players. That's sort of a middleweight game in between chess and checkers. So it's more complicated than checkers as far as the depth of strategy, and it's less complicated than chess. And that's that's out there on the web, but has never been published. 
I was going to say, you, you released that as a print-and-play, right? And then it's on... Is it on Tabletopia, too? Yeah, it's on Tabletopia, and it's not really a, pl- a print-and-play so much as it's just the board image is out there. So if you print it out and use, you know, your standard fair pawns or whatever as pieces, you can print and play it. Because, again, it's it's a very light abstract strategy from the, the component uh, standpoint. So that brings us up to your current design, Space Academy. Well, the inspiration for Space Academy kind of goes back to when I first got into life, media, being exposed to the world. The uh, choose-your-own-adventure books, you know, I was a huge fan of those that... You know, you could read a story, make a choice, or have some kind of, you know, interaction with the story that then takes you to a different page, and then you continue on. Of course, those books aren't particularly interesting to modern games and game design now because, I mean, they're very simple, but you can't really do a whole lot with just a paper book, so they have to be simple. And, you know, you only get one trip through the book for the most part before you have to kind of reread a lot of the story in order to get to the parts that you might have made a, you know, a choice differently. And so there's not a whole lot of replayability to those books you know, from a game perspective, because they're not really meant to be games as much as interactive stories. But uh, once I, I really launched out into the board game community and found Roll and Write games, it was pretty much an instant connection that you could take Roll and Write games and turn them into a game book that would have that same choose your own adventure sort of you know pathing to how you play each individual mini game within like a game book and so i started looking into you know how can you make a game book have roll and write you know sort of capabilities and maybe add more capabilities on later like uh, stickers that uh, are more the window sticker kind of thing that stick to uh, glossy paper and so you could sort of you know add different things to the game not so much as like a legacy game like you know pandemic legacy or one of those legacy games where you're actually using stickers that are permanent but just for one single playthrough of the book you could choose your own adventure sort of build a character and take them through you know some some sort of narrative that is based on your actions and how each mini game sort of played out and then uh from there it was well how do i get all the components into sort of a a single unit so I, uh, right now, it's sort of in my mind looks like uh, one of those day planners where there's kind of a, a wraparound case that zips up shut, but that may change. It could just be as simple as a spiral-bound notebook-looking thing, kind of like what Spiel Press is uh, sort of starting to put out now. And uh, it'll have a dice tube down that spiral-bound binding so that you can kind of store the dice at least. So if it's nothing more than a pen and dice, that's kind of what it should look like. Yeah, I found that really interesting about this design in particular is how you're approaching it as a game design, obviously, but also as a product. And that's that's something I have done with some of my designs from time to time and think about, like, how is this going to be produced and let that kind of inspire or limit certain aspects of the design. It sounds what you're going for here is very much a product. So the game is important and the game but the product itself would let you make additional books with different stories. So if you can get basically the, the whole system down as a convenient, portable product, you really have something. Right, yeah, because, I mean, just like the choose-your-own-adventure books, each one has its own theming. There's you know, a sci-fi one and a mystery one, and you, know, you, you pick your genre of fiction, and they've done a choose-your-own-adventure for it. There's hundreds of them out there. 
and you could do the same sort of thing with games and you can tell different stories. Of course, I don't think that this will have a lot of narrative text because I really want to focus on how the game plays as being what drives the story forward and sort of the situations that that arise from that being what you remember about the story, those, those moments in the game when you're like, I did a thing rather than, um, you know, this part of the game was revealed to me, if that makes sense. So, so more of an emergent narrative that the player tells instead of the story being read to them. Right, exactly. Rather than giving a whole bunch of flavor text at different points to sort of drive the story forward, you failed this particular minigame because it was a really hard minigame, or you, you happened to beat that really you know hard minigame, and so you get sent to another minigame rather than this other minigame. So it's based on the outcome of your particular playing and the story that you're telling by what happens actively rather than passively. So let's let's dive into some of the minigames. What are some of the things you're thinking about or have designed so far? Okay, well, I think the first one that I started, I mean, I started with sort of an overarching idea of what kind of minigames I wanted because, you know, as a game designer who has been trying to design games for many, many years, I, I have a whole bunch of games that are sort of sci-fi themed. So... I was starting with the idea that I would take those and roll and writeifies them, even though that's not really a word, but sort of convert them over into roll and writes. Right away, the idea of having sort of a Space Academy game be the main focus was, was something that I wanted to do. So you're going to be a character who you sort of create in a role-playing character sense at the very beginning, you know, roll for stats and, and whatnot where you decide, you know, which of the dice is which of your stats, and then you go through the activities of being at a space academy. So you're going to go and do like a shooting competition, and you're going to go and participate in like tactics classes and and those kinds of things. And then, because it's sci-fi, also go and like be tested for psychic powers and, and those kinds of things. So while some of the minigames on that just first minigame will be very, very simplistic, there'll be more of activities to do to help you create your character more than like a full-on game. And then from there, you're going to go into a game based, well, again, based on whether, say, you fail out of Space Academy, and so you're not going to be part of the space military, quote-unquote. So that would send you down a path of like a merchant sort of spacing guild sort of thing where you're going to deliver cargo back and forth across the universe. So it's more of a pick-up-and-move sort of game that comes next, which was, you know, like a space trading game that I have that I'm trying to roll and write of eyes. Or if you do graduate from the Space Academy, you're going to go into, you know, being the on the ship that defends the space, uh, either colony ship or merchant ships that are traveling back and forth. So you're going to be fighting the pirates and doing those kinds of things. And should you fail at either of those when you're on ships, you can go into like the crash landing minigame where you've crash landed on a planet and you have to survive and so the story should just kind of unfold between different activities and games that tell that story of whether, you know, you could eventually become the space pirate instead, where you're actually attacking the ships and you could play even the same games a different way from the other side. Because I want some of the games to, to have like a head-to-head -head sort of a feeling to them. So you could either, they would be asymmetric in the sense that you can play the good guys or you can play the bad guys. Either way, the game plays the other side. And you, or you could have a head-to-head -head opponent if you really wanted to. I mean, it's kind of designed as a solo game series, but 
the the ability to open up the game book and just say, hey, buddy, I want to play this game with you and have it not necessarily tied to the characters. Like you could play them characterless where it's not part of the, the huge story that you're telling yourself. But at the same time, those characters, every time you beat a game or have like, you know, like a video game, like achievements, you can flip to the back of the book and there would be achievements there that are stickers and you would peel off the sticker, put it on your character, and then as you progress, that power or that ability is now active for your character. So between jumping from story to story back and forth and even repeating games, you know, like the, the Space Academy range shooter game, it's, you know, you roll the dice, there's, there's not a whole lot of choice to it, but by doing well at the game, you sort of get upgrade points. And then you can pick which upgrades based, you know, you spend your points and you upgrade your character. And then now there's a whole lot more that you can do with that ability and you might gain, you know, some sort of marksmanship ability that in later games would come into play when you're being attacked by the aliens or, you know, over overrun or whatnot. I like how even if you lose one of the minigames, you don't lose, you just get sent down a different path. Like you're saying, you fail out of the academy, but right. that's not at the end. You get to do something else. Right, your ship gets destroyed, but you only crash land, you know, that kind of thing. So, do you see it having a loss condition at some point? I mean, the story, I guess it could go on forever if you loop it, but... Right, yeah, I mean, you could definitely make it to where it goes on forever, and that may be kind of the path that I'm going down, because it was always really frustrating with the time investment, especially with reading a book for me, that, you know, you turn the page and you're dead. And, well, it was even more frustrating because you really didn't have a whole lot of control over that. Now, if you had more control over, you know, those choices, I don't think it would feel as wrong to turn the page and be dead. But uh, I think I'm probably going to stay away from permadeath or, or that kind of thing for the most part. But it's definitely something that I've considered. I'm just not really sure if that's that's kind of the path I want to go with it. So you said that each minigame could be played on its own just as a minigame. But for the campaign system... What do you see as the end then, or is it just play until you want to restart? Okay, yeah, well, right now, with the character development and whatnot, I want there to be, you know, like for a few of the uh, space pirates, becoming king of the space pirates is going to be kind of the goal. So, I mean, the character will have a goal based on sort of the path that you're choosing to take yourself down or that you've found yourself put on by, you know, failure or success. So you're either going to, you know, become like the governing person over a star system in sort of a 4X-y kind of game uh, as sort of like the finale. You know, you've risen to military leader and then, you know, you've either been elected to politics and you go into the, this 4X game as, you know, trying to conquer the universe, basically, you know, in a master of Orion sense. Uh, and if you're the merchant guild you still might sort of, but from the political side of things, because, you know, Forex minigames, when it comes to space, have lots of different win conditions. There's the dim diplomatic win condition and the military win condition, and, you know, sometimes there's an economic win condition and, and those kinds of things. So I kind of wanted to lead to one game at the end, but uh, getting to that game will be based on whether or not you've ranked up in whatever path that you've chosen for yourself. So sort of a finale moment where you either conquer the universe or don't. That's kind of where it's headed. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really interesting. So you have, basically, there is a win condition, but not really a loss condition. You can just keep trying. 
which reminds me a lot of like many action-based video games like you die quote unquote and then respawn but you just keep going which i remember when i was a kid you would die in a video game and that was the end uh, that was the end yep <laughs> now you you don't want to miss the story so you just keep going but... yeah and I, and I played those games you know contra force and and those kinds of things where you could be really invested in a long play where you've gotten near the end and then you know mario falls on the hole for the last time and well back to level one and that is frustrating and I can see trying to stay away from that as much as possible, but I do also see that in some ways, this is also an activity book, not just a game book. Like each game will be a game, hopefully, but some will be, like I said, they're they're a little bit more related to activities in the sense that you won't have as much choice in what you're doing. Because I mean, the nature of some roll and write activities is you roll the dice, it tells you what happens more than you choose. So, you know, with like the space shooter game, you roll your dice and you kind of hit the target somewhere. And you don't have as much control unless you're using like a special ability or something like that. So there will be activities that sort of drive the game along. And that relates to that that sort of feeling of, you know, being on the adventure and seeing where the story carries you. And then you get to a game where pretty much everything in the game is a meaningful choice where you are in control of, you know, what happens and the deterministic aspect of things yeah you can see where like the shooting one where you don't have a lot of choice as its own game might not hold interest for a long time right but as an activity you can choose to do in the larger campaign then it's similar to like in a bigger game you're choosing to attack someone even though the attack is dice rolls right the choice to attack is your choice and and the idea of having this little you know zip up you know or whatever kind of thing that you can carry around in your backpack and play when you're bored and you're alone and you can flip over and I only have you know two or three minutes to play a game or five minutes to play a game I can do one of those activity type games and level up something that then later when I have time to play one of the bigger games now I've benefited from that that activity is kind of the goal with more of those activity parts of it it's a nice idea especially if you want it to be played on the go you don't know if you're going to have the half hour to sit down or just a little time so having different time events then really lets you pretty much do whatever you want and always fit it in yeah because some of the core games will be bigger games in the sense that you know there's more going on than probably your standard roll and write you know there'll be stickers for worker placement and and those kinds of aspects to a game that you really can't get away with in a, a normal roll and write but with stickers, you, you can get away with more, you know, with the movable pieces and the tokens and whatnot. Well, we're just about out of time. So is there anything you have upcoming that you would like to talk about? Any playtests you have or anything going on? Uh, just uh, interested in helping out different people online. Uh, part of what got me into the community of board gaming here recently is more wanting to help other designers. Not so much uh, promote myself. So if you're a designer that's struggling to make ends meet or whatever, I would love to talk to you about developing your games. I'm not really doing that as a paid service right now or anything like that. Like I said, it's more of a trying to get back to the community. So just hit me up on Twitter at uh, BHFuturist, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, if you want to play the one game that I do have that I'm seeking publication on, Dominance is online at Tabletopia. So you can go check out the abstract strategy, see what you think of that. Cool. And I'll have links to all of that in the show notes. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And 
let me know anything happening in the future, and I'll put it in the news. I will do. That does it for this episode. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can find it on Twitter at the BG Workshop, on Facebook.com slash the Board Game Workshop, and email the Board Game Workshop at gmail.com. Show notes are on the Thanks for listening. Thank you.